It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. I am so thrilled that you are here today. I appreciate your support. And I'm so excited because on this week's show, we are going to talk about two once very taboo topics, menopause and depression. I have two amazing women who left the corporate world to start companies dedicated to helping women at midlife find individual wellness solutions so they can thrive. So I want to let you know if you're struggling with menopause, going through menopause, if you're struggling with depression, it's really important to know that you're not alone. Um, it's likely that millions of women are experiencing very similar things that you are. There is help out there. We're going to be talking about it today. So I encourage you to grab a pen, grab some paper, because you're going to want to write some of these things down to refer to. Um, and we're going to be talking about real solutions to help you deal with the changes you're experiencing as you go through menopause. We're talking about the latest medical treatments for your symptoms, creative ways to manage menopause at work. A lot of women struggle with that as well. We're also going to be talking about neurotransmitters, how to hack your brain and boost your mood and also plant-based solutions for women. So I wanted to start off to talk, talking about a couple of factors that you might not be aware of. Each year, 1.3 million American women enter menopause. And when I'm talking menopause, sometimes we talk about menopause as when you start kind of having the symptoms, but menopause actually refers to the point in time when you stop menstruating, you haven't had a period for 12 consecutive months. So 1.3 million women go through that every single year. And millions more are currently experiencing what's called perimenopause. So they're experiencing the, the hot flashes, the mood swings, the brain fog. And the menopause symptoms can actually, those perimenopause symptoms can last for four to eight years. So it's a long period of time. And I'm so thrilled that we're talking about it because it really can be challenging. And when I was going through that change in my own life, I stopped menstruating probably about three or four years ago. But when I was going through it, it really wasn't kind of like on the radar. I think right now we have so many Gen X women who are out there, people like Gwyneth Paltrow, people like my guests today that are like, wait a minute, let's let's rebrand this. Let's relook at this. Let's talk about it. And also let's you know talk to our physicians and find solutions because you don't have to suffer. And as I said, there are millions of us going through um, perimenopause. According to Bloomberg, um, about 900,000 women actually quit their jobs in the UK because of perimenopausal symptoms. And the global menopause productivity losses top out at about 150 billion a year. So that's the estimate. So it's a big problem um, that we're gonna be addressing today. And I also wanna talk a little bit too about depression, something I actually suffered from, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, oh, probably about 15 years ago, and I had no idea. And again, it was something taboo. You, you know, I was feeling like, well, isn't feeling crappy and like you don't want to get out of bed in the morning normal? Like it was just something I needed to suck up and deal with. 
probably have too much caffeine, overexercise. I tended to overcompensate by pushing myself, but women at midlife have the highest rate of depression for any group by gender. It's 12.3%. So about one in eight women at midlife are experiencing depression. And there's an interesting you know, correlation or association between depression and perimenopause. So they don't know if the depression is actually caused by the changes in hormones, the fluctuations in estrogen and progesterone, or if it's really caused by some of the symptoms. So they don't know if things like insomnia and feeling moody, the fatigue, the brain fog, the hot flashes are causing the depression, or if it's actually the hormone fluctuations. But what's important is there really isn't a one size fit all regime when it comes to managing your symptoms. So today we're going to be giving you loads of different strategies. Um, I know myself, I think the three things that really worked for me were first of all diet. So eating a whole foods plant-based diet, eating lots of soy, the research really shows that um, soy foods. So things like edamame, tofu, can really help to reduce the incidence of things like hot flashes. What happens is, is um, it doesn't make your body produce more estrogen, but the phytochemical, there's a estrogen-like phytochemical plant chemical in soy that can actually help to treat some of these um, symptoms. So that was really helpful for me to eat loads and loads of plants. The other thing was getting lots of movement and exercise. So I think exercise is a great way to deal with some of the stress to help you with your sleep certainly to help with things like um, perimenopausal weight gain. So exercise was really key as a self-care strategy. And I think the third thing that was super important for me was learning self-compassion. So I was fortunate enough to learn self-compassion. It was my dissertation topic. My dissertation was on self-compassion and body image in women. And as part of that, I actually learned, I studied with Kristen Neff, studied self-compassion and basically treating yourself like a good friend, being kind to yourself rather than judgmental. So if you're going through a hot flash, you're not like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Um, this shouldn't be happening to me, but just being kind and saying, oh, wow, what do I need right now? You know, maybe I do need to call in sick at work or talk to my boss or my partner. Uh, maybe I do need to uh, take better care of myself, look at my self-care. Maybe I do need to talk to my physician or check out the site we're going to talk about today, Genev, or check out the wonderful products from, um, from Kind today. What do I need right now? So that's the first part, being kind to yourself rather than critical. The second part is common humanity. So just knowing that most people with ovaries, so women, we go through this. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you, but you're not alone. And when you realize, oh my gosh, humans suffer, women go through menopause, you realize, wow, this is normal and you don't feel like something's wrong with you. The last piece is just being mindful. So just noticing, gosh, maybe even charting, like charting your period and charting your moods and charting when you have hot flashes, noticing the, the diet connection and the stress connection and being mindful and making a list of, you know, how do I want to take care of myself? And then when you're not feeling so great, pulling your list out and giving yourself what you need. So self-compassion was huge for me. And I found also that the meditations that I learned as part of the mindful self-compassion program actually really helped me with depression. So I'm no longer on antidepressants. I, I did go on antidepressants for a period and I did have therapy, but learning self-compassion and learning um, these meditations really was life transforming for me. And now I have to say not on the other side and I have 
been through menopause and I am post-menopause. So life is just awesome. I actually um, said yes to the dress over the weekend. I'm actually engaged now. I am um, with an amazing man and uh, love my career, li liking my empty nest, missing my kids. But whatever you are going through right now, you can learn how to care for yourself. So let's uh, bring on our guests today. Our first guest is Jill Angelo, and she is the founder and CEO of Geneve whose mission is to improve the standard of healthcare for women in their post-reproductive years. I love this because this is so new. This is like transformative that we're actually looking at how do I make the second part of my life, the second adulthood amazing. And she has 20 years experience in the tech industry, primarily at Microsoft. So she was a corporate executive and she founded this company, which was named one of Inc. Magazine's, she was named one of Inc. Magazine's 2020 top 100 female founders. And she is a driving force for bringing effective health solutions to women in the most vibrant years of their lives. So welcome to the show. And if you're listening, I encourage you, Check out Genev.com. I have been on the site, Jill, and I have to say, it is a joy to navigate. I took your little quiz, which is, that alone is so fabulous. You can take this quiz. It'll analyze your symptoms, whether you are pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopause, post-menopause, looking at things like libido, looking at um, you know the symptoms that you're having, like hot flashes, looking at things like joint pain. But I just found it so amazing. There is also an opportunity to talk to a physician who specializes in treating women going through menopause, I should say perimenopause. Um, and there's also coaching, which I love because I'm a board certified health and wellness coach and coaching works. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Ellen. It's, it's fabulous to be here. Um, and I love the focus around women in midlife. Um, I think you're just a pillar of vibrancy and all that women have to look forward to. Um, but, you know, I think certainly what we're doing at Genev, um, it's just, this has been the most meaningful work of my life and my career. Um, you know, every day we are working to improve women's quality of life. That's kind of the number one thing we hear from women continuously as they come to Geneva, they said, I just want my quality of life back during this transition, which again is incredibly natural. And so our whole mission around our work, whether you are working with one of our clinicians or a health coach, um, or, you know, in any way on your journey, um, you have a way to, to just feel better at this point in time. Yeah. Just if you're good, if you're listening, feeling better, you can mm -hmm. feel better. There is so much to do, whether you want to do hormone replacement therapy, or you want to go the natural route, you want to switch up your diet, whatever it is you want to do, there are so many ways you can feel better. So I'm curious, how did you get this idea? And it's a huge undertaking. I mean, it's a gorgeous site with so many different offerings. How did you come up with the idea? And how did you make that transition from the security of the steady paycheck to, and I've worked with a lot of Microsoft clients, and I know it's like, it's a lot of pressure, and but you've got that paycheck. How did you make that transition come up and come up with this great idea? You know, I, I always liken it to, um, I am a, a pretty kind of naive yet optimistic person. And I think that at the time in my career, I was in my early forties at the time. Um, and at the height of my career in the tech space, I held a lot of different marketing executive roles at the company, loved it. And I just happened to be on a sabbatical. And during that time met my co-founder who really was a, a big part of uh, growing Neutrogena and sold it to Johnson and Johnson. And she really had the vision around 
this lack of care for women as they go through the menopause transition. And she said, let's start a company. And to me, it was kind of a no brainer. Like, wow, every woman goes through menopause and there's nothing being really done to address the standard of care for women in this phase of life. And so I left my corporate job without a lot of questions asked, probably, um, obviously the income one is a big one. You, you know, you've got to divorce yourself from that steady paycheck and enter the startup world, which is incredibly daunting. But I think at the time we didn't even quite know how are we going to quote unquote, help women through menopause. You know, the way we started Genev was with an over-the-counter lubricant um, and a product that uh, Jackie had created for feminine dryness. We started selling that online. We learned that women just didn't have much education around the menopause transition whatsoever. So we started publishing informative content. And then in 2019, we really built out a full telemedicine practice with both OBGYNs and health coaches working together because we really believe integrated care with both medical prescription support as well as lifestyle change is the true way that you're going to start to make a difference in a woman's life and help her manage through the symptoms and get back to feeling the way she wants to feel. So, you know, on this journey on, uh, you know, in building Genev um, and it's G-E-N-N-E-V.com because um, sometimes you're kind of like, well, how's that spelled? Um, but it's really been for me uh, an incredibly meaningful part of my career, um, but it's probably the most humbling path I've ever chosen. A, number one, I'm taking on menopause, which is something nobody wants to talk about. Um, number two, you know, um, wow, you left a, a pretty vibrant corporate career to do something that um, kind of hasn't been done before in the way we're doing it. And I think that's always daunting, but uh, with every patient we serve, with every uh, day that comes, my team is incredible. Uh, we just have so much work ahead. So it kind of invigorates me to keep pushing through. Um, but it's certainly, you know, financially probably has been the biggest challenge, uh, but humbling. It's very humbling just talking to investors and really trying to get the business off the ground. Uh, that's a whole nother set of skills that I've never developed and uh, certainly have a lot of uh, learning now in the tank uh, that I can take forward. Yeah, lots of learning too, not having been in the healthcare space. But I think one thing that's come out of COVID is that telehealth, last week we had someone on talking about cardiac rehab. And so, and, I, and as a coach, I know that came, I did a lot of coaching, health coaching, and COVID made, it, made that much more um, accessible. I think healthcare really took on a whole other tone. I would think that that helped your company as people got used to telehealth. I very much did. I think, you know, during 2020, obviously we were building, building, building. When 2021 hit and we were kind of starting to get on the other side of the pandemic, um, business really took off and people, uh, women in particular, got back to taking care of themselves. They had been obviously taking care of their families now that they were all in the home together. And 2021 is where women, we've seen a huge pickup in our telemedicine visits. Um, obviously, telemedicine is now the way so many of us care for a lot of our health, just to the point you just made. But I think menopause in particular, because the way that it is best treated in this integrated care model, it starts with a conversation versus any kind of hormone testing or lab test or physical examination. And so that's what makes telemedicine so perfect for this type of care is that you have a clinician and a, and a patient talking for 30 minutes 
just, you know, in a virtual setting. And so the convenience factor, as well as giving them the time to have a full understanding of the patient 360 degrees is what telemedicine offers. So it's just been a wonderful transition for us. Um, a silver lining of the pandemic, nonetheless, but uh, certainly good, I think, for women at large. So why do you think this period of life has gotten ignored? It feels like with you, like OBGYNs, right? You have your, you know, you get pregnant, and there's this big, this big interaction with your OBGYN, but then, you know, you get your, your mammograms after 50, but this whole area has just been largely ignored. Why do you think that is? You know, first of all, it's just the symptoms that women experience are associated with aging. And I think anything aging related just always has kind of, unfortunately, uh, a stigma or shamefulness approach, or shamefulness, shamefulness attached to it. Uh, the symptoms themselves are embarrassing. So again, add on more shame. And then finally, number three, it's very under-researched. Um, we just haven't really understood the, the transition and the change that women go through how symptoms correlate to one another. For example, the number one symptom we hear from women is I can't sleep. You talked a little bit about that. Obviously anxiety is high, weight gain is high, but the more you can't sleep, the more the weight gain goes up. And so things start to um, snowball, if you will, during this transition of life. And we haven't, the medical literature and data and research around women at this phase of life just hasn't taken off. I think we're just now starting to make some inroads around women being part of clinical trials for things like heart disease and the broader chronic issues that life presents us with. And this is just yet lesser studied than even some of the basics, I think, that are just now getting off the road. So part of it is women, part of it is age, and part of it is just the overall shame of this transition in life. And uh, at the end of the day, we're trying to change that. Um, one thing I'll mention, you you said when you came to Geneb.com, you took our assessment. Um, the top two questions we get from women are, am I in menopause and how long will it last? Or where am I at in that journey? That assessment answers those two questions. And at the same time, we're collecting some really meaningful data that longitudinally over time, we're hoping to track so that we don't have this kind of desert or lack of information around women going through the midlife and menopause transition. Yeah, that is so important. I mean, a couple of things to pick up on. Um, well, I would say it's so important to take care of our health because as our hormones change, we are at a higher risk of osteoporosis, heart disease. And then the sleep issue is so important because sleep is associated with weight gain. I mean, you're tired. You think, well, I'll have a chocolate bar and some caffeine. And also when we sleep, our appetite hormones actually reset. So if you're not sleeping well and not sleeping is also associated with things like diabetes. I mean, sleep is so, so incredibly important. And it's really important to get your hormones in balance, correct? When, when if you're not sleeping, I would think the first thing you wanna do is see where estrogen and progesterone are. Absolutely, and a lot of what our clinicians, our gynecologists are doing in their appointments with patients is understanding the symptoms and the root of where they're at. And based off of that conversation, they very much effectively can then prescribe whether it is a hormone therapy of some kind, an HRT, in a way that is helpful and not harmful to the patient. Um, we prescribe a lot of low-dose birth control, which also is quite effective. That's interesting. So that, that actually helps them, helps women bring up their estrogen levels and then it helps them with their sleep. Absolutely. It just helps to normalize what's going on in their body. So even though it's a telehealth platform, do women go and get blood tests? I know it's hard to actually measure your hormone levels because they fluctuate, you know, by the minute, the hour, 
But tell us a little bit about the procedure. If somebody comes to you, how do they choose if they want to go the health coaching route or if they want to see a physician? I know you also have a monthly subscription. So where does someone start? Yeah, um, you know, first and foremost, we always direct women first to take that assessment to understand their own personal health insights of what's happening in their body. And then number two, we do direct them first to the doctor. The doctor um, and the clinician of the OBGYN is in the best position to not only provide overall medical guidance, and they have a series of questions that they take the patient through to understand where her symptoms are and her hormone levels. Um, in any case, our gynecologists, and they're really um, supporting patients based on the North American Menopause Society standard of code and ethics and protocols. Um, they do not believe that an actual lab test of hormone um, gives them, it gives you a point in time understanding, but it, it isn't predictive around what's going forward in the long term because our hormones fluctuates fluctuate on a daily basis. Um, we're dynamic human beings in that way. And so we start them first with a doctor and the doctor very naturally then can help the patient understand where medical guidance can be supported, but really the importance of lifestyle change and bringing in the coach at that point for so many women is the, is a, a more trusted, um, and, uh, pathway that a lot of our patients find a lot of guidance in. And from there, they're working with the health coach um, going forward oftentimes, don't even need to go back to the doctor um, because their companion, the person who's working on their personalized nutrition, exercise, sleep, and mindfulness plan is right there with them along the path. So our, our motion is assessment, doctor, coach. And again, that coach relationship lasts anywhere from six to eight months. We've had women that continue to work monthly with their coach um, for over a year. Uh, just really varies. It really depends on where the patient is at in her own journey and, and how much support she wants along the way. So it sounds like it's it's totally complete and it's also holistic. So you're you know addressing body, mind, heart, spirit. I love again that you've got coaching in. So if you if you're listening and you haven't experienced coaching. Coaches don't tell you what to do. Now, I've been a dietitian for 30 years and I was taught like, eat this, don't eat that. And then I became a coach and a coach is much more of, how do you want to approach this? What's working for you? Let's brainstorm about this. Let's talk about the obstacles. Let's give you some accountability. But coaching is incredibly powerful and it really, really does work, especially in this kind of context where you're wanting people to, to improve their lifestyle. I'm curious, what's the relationship you've seen between changing your lifestyle, changing your diet, moving more, uh, mindfulness and um, also improving sleep and improve symptoms as someone is, is in perimenopause? Yeah, you know, 94% of our patients report an improvement in their symptoms, which is, a fun, you know, wonderful to see that kind of impact and, and, um, and success uh, in terms of them just feeling better. Um, and I think very much that is based upon that dual relationship of doctor and health coach. Our health coaches are also like you, a dietitian. So they start from, you know, evidence-based nutritional support. And like you were talking about the soy, you know, they, they added soy in your diet. Um, our coaches are working on diet as a core, because I think so much of how we're feeling is based upon what we're putting in our bodies. Um, and from that, starting at that point, that really drives up a success rate. And women start to see the changes that they're feeling and then you want to continue to live like that. So I think in terms of adherence um, and even having an accountability, a partner along the way, um, that's really what's driving these outcomes and the success that we're seeing with our patients. And again, starts the core diet, 
movement and exercise is very important. But again, that mindfulness and the sleep component too is very much a part of what they're working with every woman on based on what she needs. So what are some of the interventions for sleep? And that's a big thing. Most, I know I experienced it that night sweats. I had slept naked, which was really helpful. I also had a water bottle filled with um, like lemon or lemon essential oil and water that I'd spritz on myself, keeping my room cool, staying away from spicy food and alcohol. I'm curious other interventions because I think insomnia is sort of the number one thing that I've seen that sort of is, impacts everything else. Yeah, more women come to us saying I'm on Ambien or some sort of prescription sleep aid and they they don't want to be on that or it's masking or it's not helping um, the underlying notion of why they're waking up in the first place, which is often a hot, a hot flash or a night sweat. Um, in many cases for women who can and want to take hormone therapy or hormone HRT prescription support, that can be very supportive in sleep. But in terms of the other interventions or complementary natural solutions we're offering um, or that we're recommending, obviously, magnesium as a natural mineral is very helpful for a lot of women. Uh, we also have recommended a lot of natural CBT or um, uh, CB, yeah, CBD or hemp products as well. Um, but then in terms of just good sleep hygiene, you know, limiting blue screens or screens, you know, within an hour before you go to sleep, the notion of a sleep routine and consistency around time you go to bed versus um, time you wake up in the morning. Um, and then obviously that ventilation, keeping a cool room, um, having layers, um, moisture wicking, you know, materials, whether it's sheets or pajamas, um, those are all components of what a lot of our providers are recommending. Um, there's also a number of sleep apps and or kind of mindful meditation apps that can be leveraged um, at that moment of being awake, not being able to get back to sleep. The common problem is not so much I can't fall asleep, it's more so around I can't stay asleep and then get back to sleep. And that's the real, the real problem that we're oftentimes helping women work through. Yeah, I found my sleep also was due to the fact that my cortisol levels started to peak. Cortisol is the hormone of fight or flight and stress hormone, but it's supposed to go down, you know, as evening comes. But mine, actually, I had a really good uh, nature path. And cortisol is something that you actually can measure through the day with a, a saliva test. And that was really helpful to take some uh, various uh, supplements that would help to normalize my cortisol levels. I took something topically as well as something orally that really helped to get my cortisol and also doing things to de-stress because I think I was escalating and that, that really helped. I'm curious, what role does mindfulness play in terms of women dealing with the perimenopausal symptoms? I think the degree to which you can get women to um, bring down their stress and anxiety levels will impact their sleep quality throughout the evening. Um, and so around that mindfulness component, whether it is app-based, meditation-based, um, uh, we have kind of a toolkit of different solutions that our coaches are fans of that they recommend for women. And not the same one will work for one woman as another, um, but obviously we wanna reduce that notion of anxiety, especially leading up to the bedtime routine when it comes to sleep. Um, and then obviously when you do wake up, having anxiety about being awake and I've got to get back to sleep. That's not going to help with that. And so what do you do in that moment to um, address the anxiety you're feeling about not sleeping is another aspect of the care that they're working with women on. Yeah, those are all amazing tips. And I want to let people know too, that your um, site, again, it's Genev.com. It's G-E-N-N-E-V.com is covered by some health insurance. Tell us a little bit about how people can get financial support for you. Absolutely. Um, 
Today, we will come to the site. Um, you do put out your credit card for any kind of appointment or service, but then we'll provide you with the paperwork to get reimbursement through your health plan. Um, it's just like any other doctor visit. Um, you can get that reimbursed um, just like you would typically through your insurance. And so we're working with our patients to, to ensure that reimbursement happens. And so do you need to have physicians in, in the same state? Are you physicians that cover various states that are licensed? We do have physicians that cover various states, but they're licensed in each state. So when you book an appointment, we're going to ask which state you're in, and we will showcase the health providers, whether it's doctors or coaches that are licensed in your state. Um, so you can see and trust that all of them are, are equipped to work with you in the state that you live. Awesome. So we are going to take a quick break. And on the, on the other side, I want to talk a little bit about what women who are experiencing menopause can do in terms of the workplace, which I think is huge and we need to make some inroads. So you are listening to Rock Your Midlife. I am Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, if you want to connect with me, check out my website. It's just themidlifewhisperer.com. There are free gifts there as well as a place where you can connect with me. See you on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Welcome back, everyone. We are having a very juicy conversation about menopause, which is so exciting because I think we're talking about the shame associated with so many of the symptoms. And I know when I was going through the change, we weren't talking about it. And that was only just a couple of years ago. And there's been a huge transformation, largely for women like Jill and Angela, who we'll be talking to in just a moment. If you're just joining the show, uh, Jill Angelo is the CEO of Genev, which is an amazing website, uh, telehealth platform that provides services, health coaching, physician support, as well as both pharmaceutical intervention, as well as integrative care with things like supplements. And we wanted to talk before the break, we were, we kind of teased talking about the workplace. And I had mentioned that in the UK, something like 90,000 women quit their jobs in 2019 because of menopause. And I think, again, there's a lot of shame and a lot of women are like at the peak of their career. We're talking about millions and millions of women who are in their forties, fifties, and sixties, um, going through menopause and not, talking about it. So how do we bridge that gap of the workplace? I think it's such an important conversation. You know, we're starting to have those workplace conversations now. Um, employers are reaching out, which is great. So there's a heightened sense of awareness that, hey, we want to retain and help women in their 40s and 50s and 60s be the most productive that they can. Oftentimes, these are executive women in executive roles. So they're kind of, um, they're very valuable uh, employees that you want to keep around. Uh, I think more than anything, as we've started to work with the workplace, and this is near and dear to my heart, coming out of the corporate world, I saw women leaving their jobs. We surveyed last year, 2,500 women in the Genev community. 24% of them had left their job because of their menopause symptoms. It just became more than they could do. And the top symptoms that are impacting women in the workplace, brain fog, inability to sleep, anxiety and stress or mental health challenges, and then a hot flash. And then obviously your period, if you're still menstruating is incredibly erratic. Um, and if you're having to go to the office that can present additional challenges. So what we're doing more than anything, first and foremost, is education. We've got to 
educate women and managers to understand how do you support women during this time. It's very simple things such as working, flexible working accommodations, um, you know, uh, in terms of time off. Um, every workplace has leave policies around bereavement or sick policies or, you know, maternity or paternity. Are there also parts of those policies that can be applied back to menopause to support women? It's an easy thing. Um, so the education, the leave policy, and then finally, what's most near and dear to my heart uh, is your medical benefits. Today, most women who are in the workplace that get their health care and medical care through the employer are, you know, more than likely working through the employer's sponsored primary care uh, providers or doctor support of any kind. Um, ensuring that there are menopause specialists as part of that care plan uh, is first and foremost the thing that we hear women requesting most often in terms of their benefit requests, but really helping employers understand the cost savings and the benefits of bringing that kind of care to their plans uh, is the is the big hurdle that we've got to get over as a company. Yeah, and I think we women need to talk to their employers and employees, as you said, need to be open and we need to get away from this whole idea of shame that like I'm bad or there's something wrong with me. This is normal and natural. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so we are going to bring on our next guest. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're still going to talk about midlife and menopause a bit, but we want to talk a little bit too about happiness because happiness is kind of at an all-time low right now. According to a Gallup survey asking Americans how they were feeling, um, only 38% of Americans say that they are satisfied, that they are feeling good, they are feeling happy. I think it's probably even lower now, certainly with COVID and what is going on in Europe, um, people at are low. And also in midlife, there is actually a dip in happiness at about age 47 across 138 countries, there is a natural dip. And so we're all about here on Rock Your Mid, like making the most of our upswing. And now we're gonna to talk to Angela Arena, and she is a natural health and wellness educator and founder of Kind Lab, which is a radical wellness company specializing in plant-based solutions formulated to work with and for a woman's body. And she is a badass woman. She doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. She also was in a corporate situation. I think she was telling me earlier that she walked away from FedEx. She was having insomnia and decided to also become an entrepreneur, start this company. And she works with um, women and minority-owned businesses. Her hemp is sourced from a woman-owned hemp farm in Vermont, which is so cool. And it is She's 100% supporting local women. Um, you're supporting local women when you buy from Kind Lab. Uh, and she is here to tell us what we can do to be happier, how we can better manage our brain chemicals, and also what we can do with uh, menopause and midlife. Welcome to the show, Angela. So happy to have thank you here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's awesome. And thank you for sending me your products. I have really oh, sure. enjoyed them. I love the hemp was actually, I took some, I'm sorry, some CBD product that is formulated with, um, I think it was Rodelia. And mm -hmm. straight CBD and also a lovely um, salve. But before we dive into your company, uh, do you have a question for Jill? Yeah, I'm actually interested to know what the average age of um, your patients are. Average age is 48 and 49. Mm -hmm. So probably younger than most people think when you think the word menopause. Um, right. It's 48, 49. And they tend to be women in perimenopause who are not only experiencing probably some of the most severe symptoms, but are going through the biggest amount of change because you're changing from what was what was to what is now. 
uh, and I, I tend to not use the word normal um, because it's just like what you knew to what you know now. And so um, that's, that's kind of our sweet spot is helping those women over that hump. That's so interesting because that is really the sweet spot that I have with my clients. I think there's something about staring at 50 and midlife and realizing that there is less time perhaps um, but in, there's less time in, in front of you than behind you. But what I like to say is that you get a whole second adulthood. So if you take away sort of your, your zero to 20 and you think like, oh my gosh, I've got a whole like 30, 40 years ahead of me, especially if I take care of myself. But there's something about that period of time, which I think women really are looking. So yes, do look for to Janelle. Thank you so much for joining, Jill. If you stick around, I'm going to have you ask Angela a question towards the end. And we're going to also talk a little bit about what we all can do to kind of rebrand midlife and rebrand menopause. But I want to dig a little bit into a depression with Angela. So how many people are affected by depression and what triggers it? So depression, they actually, the reason why there is no quote unquote cure is because it's very difficult to track down what is actually triggering it. Um, but depression um, affects a tremendous amount of people, even, you know, one in eight people experiences seasonal depression. That's it alone. And you put on top of that the pandemic and the um, pressure it's put on women, another reason why they've been leaving the workforce, um, you know, in mass. And it just makes things that much harder. And women, particularly are very much struggling right now, um, you know, between hormones, the situation going on. A lot of times women are caregivers too. And we have always been asked to be like the super women and, you know, really like, you know, oh, rewarded and everyone's like so excited, like, oh, you're a super woman. You can do everything. You can have that corporate job. You can be a mom. You can do all that. You can care for your parents and your kids and everyone in between. Um, but you know what? Women are starting to discover, like, I don't want to be superwoman. I want help. Um, and a lot of women who have had this superwoman role for so long um, start asking for help and, and, and they don't get it because people aren't used to giving it. So I think women are also in an interesting situation right now where they're just, um, they're not getting the support they need because it's new to people around them and it's new to them to ask for it as well. And all those factors just really compounded. Um, and I know a lot of people put on that great glossy face, you know, they look great on Instagram and social media and Facebook and the whole thing. Um, but behind the scenes when they're really depressed and they can't sleep and they're sad during the day and they can't think and they're overwhelmed, I'm the person they call. And I'm telling you a lot of people who you would be surprised are really struggling. But as you said, there's so much stigma and people just really aren't talking about it. Yeah, I was surprised when I was diagnosed. It was kind of a relief, but I also, and I write about this in my book, Rock Your Midlife, that sometimes depression, it's a stop sign. It's like when you're being superwoman and you're trying to hold your shit together and all of a sudden it's like, I can't anymore. And everything mm -hmm. just comes to a grinding stop. And it's kind of the only way that women can give themselves permission. There's sort of no going, it's like, I've got to go from, from 60 to zero. It's this no in between. And when women start to give themselves self-care, they often feel guilty because they feel like I right. have to put everyone else first. And I think with the pandemic, what I saw in my practice was so many women were also now homeschooling. So they had their, you know, the really stressful job and now they're homeschooling and maybe they're taking care of their parents who are more vulnerable and can't do the grocery shopping. So we are definitely <laughs> burning the candle at more than both ends. So let's talk a little bit about intervention. So let's first talk about sleep. Um, so you say that quality sleep is necessary for maintaining an elevated mood. So for those of us, and there are so many of us, I know the audience now, raise your hand if this is you. If you don't sleep well, give us your regime for getting a good night of sleep. 
So there are a few things you can do. Um, and, you know, Jill touched on these as well. What I ask people to do is not just look at their sleep routine, which are like maybe the three or four things you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you put on your jammies, you know, you set your alarm, that's your sleep routine, but there's a larger sleep hygiene. What are you doing during the day? What are you doing? Like, are you trying not to drink caffeine afternoon? Are you making sure when you wake up in the morning, you're kind of organizing your room. So when you walk in at night, it makes you feel a lot more relaxed. So it's all the habits that you're doing all day, not just at night. So you can set yourself up for success with some of those sleep hygiene. Um, like when you start looking at some of those tips and things you can do during the day, if you are struggling with sleep, um, a lot of times for women, we love to suck down that stress, the day, all the stress, and we just kind of consume it and suppress it, suppress it. And it comes out at night. Um, and that's a big reason why a lot of women really struggle falling asleep, particularly, but even staying asleep. So many of them wake up and all of a sudden, you know, that hamster on the wheel is going. And there are things that you can do from making lists, prepping the next day, shutting off the phone so your, your mind isn't kind of going, going, going before you go to bed. Um, even stopping to drink water two hours before bed, because a lot of times you wake up and you have to go to the bathroom. You might blame your wake up on that, but it's probably actually like you wake up and your body's like, oh, by the way, we have to go to the bathroom. But just cutting down the amount of water you drink before bed can really help that. Um, so there are a lot of things that you can do for improved sleep. Um, of course, at Kind Lab, we make products, supplements that can also very much help that as well. Um, falling asleep, staying asleep. Some people have problems with both. Um, CBD from hemp as well as CBN, which is another cannabinoid in hemp. If you think of cannabinoids, it's almost like vitamin C in an orange. Um, CBD is great to help relax your body. It's phenomenal for balance, which we all need right now. Um, CBN also acts as like a little bit of a tranquilizer. And then there's magnesium glycinate, which Jill also talked about. Phenomenal, just help your mind, body relax. And that for people who are really struggling can be a nice boost just to start to retrain their bodies. Because one thing is, like if you're used to struggling to fall asleep or you're used to waking up at night, your body's conditioned to do that. And you've got to get it back on the track you want. Um, and then just to be patient and consistent is another big thing. You know, you're not going to all of a sudden start sleeping through the night unless you're really starting to hit the ambience and that kind of thing. So if you're going for a supplement and you want to go a more natural route, you just have to be patient with yourself. To your point, you were saying, be kind. It took you a long time to get where you are. A couple of weeks only can get you back into a sleep routine where you're it, you're falling asleep more easily. If you are waking up at night, it's not as frequently. And when you do wake up, you're able to fall back asleep. I mean, those are all big milestone improvements. And whenever someone comes to me and they say they're really depressed, I, the first thing I ask them is, how are you sleeping? Because that good sleep at night really does set you up for success the next day and has that halo effect. And it is so, so, so important for you to be prepared to wake up and, you know, just be ready for whatever the chaos of life has to throw at you. Um, so sleep is very important when you think about your daytime mood for sure. And certainly, um, see what works for you. So trying, you know, CBD, trying various herbs like chamomile, valerian, things like melatonin, and just noticing what is going to work for you. And as you said, be patient. And I love that you said too, what do you do during the day? Are you exercising? You know, do, are you doing stress reduction, things like yoga or Tai Chi or meditation? Are you journaling? Are you, are you turning off the screens? I find myself, you know, if I watch media that is stimulating, I have a lot more trouble. So really looking at your whole day, I think also circadian rhythms, getting sunlight, super important too, right. so making sure that you 
that you also have regular exposure to sun. Um, talk a little bit about the CBD. How does someone who's new to it, how would you recommend taking it? When do you take it? How much do you take? So where do you start with it? And what are the other uses? I know that also can help with stress relief and help you calm down. It's, a, it's an amazing plant. Like these weeds have been with us like they've evolved with humans and like hemp is used, it was used for everything from, from rope to medicine to all kinds of things. But where does someone start if they are exploring using CBD? So I always say, whatever you're doing, when you go to look for a product, don't, don't buy hemp where you buy hemp, where you buy your vitamins. So a gas station, no, you know, but nutri you know, nutritional stores, natural food stores, that kind of thing. Perfect. Um, if you can find products that are made for people in your demographic, even better, because what the products that I take are very different than what I would give to my 15 year old daughter. We just have different health and wellness concerns. Um, as anything with hemp, we talk about low and slow. Start with a low dose and slowly work your way up. So we have, for example, 10 milligram chews um, with tart cherry extract in it, which are also great for stress as well as inflammation. So that's a really good starting point or a lower dose concentrate or something like that. And then you slowly increase as you need. Um, basically as with, you know, basically any supplement, you wanna take as little as possible to get the effects that you're looking for. So I always tell people start really low and work your way up. A side effect of taking too much hemp is sleepiness. So it's not like, you know, the, the world's gonna come crashing if you take too much or something like that. And it's not that sleepiness that's chemical induced where like if you're driving, like you're compelled to go to sleep. It's not that. It's just more of an inconvenient drowsiness that you'll probably hit before you get real, real tired. So that'll be kind of like your bar. If you're at the point where you're like, I don't know if this is working for me, keep creeping up. I always tell people, you know, you just slowly over time, every other day, just increase a little bit um, until you find that amount that helps reduce the stress. It's making you move easier. It's helping you fall and stay asleep. Um, and just in general, elevating your quality of life. Um, I always say too, there's a contact us form on my website, kindlab.com. If you contact us, you will actually be calling me and I'm, i love to give personalized advice and help women. There's nothing better than, you know, seeing someone who's just having that much better of a day, able to sleep. And the amount that improves their quality of life is so rewarding for me. So you can always go to kindlab.com, contact me. I'm happy to help. And do you recommend people taking the CBD close to bedtime or earlier in the so, day in terms of for sleep specifically? For sleep. So there are two different issues with sleep. There's falling asleep and there's staying asleep. If your issue is falling asleep, I always recommend taking CBD like an hour and a half to two hours. So it has time to kick in. Your body is slowly decompressing. The minute you start yawning, go to bed. If you fight through that, like with anything, even if you didn't take CBD, you fight through that like yawning wall and now your brain's awake again and you're going to have to go through the whole cycle again to try to relax and fall asleep. So a couple hours before bed, you know, an hour, an hour and a half drops into your tongue, pop a gummy. If your problem is staying asleep, then I like people to take it right before bed because then it gives you a little bit of time for that CBD to kick in. And when it's kind of at its like maximum um, potency in your body is when your body's a lot of times like, hmm, you know, waking up might be a good idea. And it just kind of helps you stay asleep. Um, for people who have issues with both, I usually just say split the dose. You can take it before and after. The good news is that it is impossible to fatally overdose on CBD. <laughs> 
So if you take too much, the likelihood is that you're just going to be, you know, wake up feeling a little foggy. If you wake up feeling foggy, it means you took too much. So just back off on that. But, you know, like I said, an hour and a half or right before bed for falling and staying asleep. Um, and then you want to wake up feeling refreshed. The idea of that, you know, every day, if you can start the day well rested and wake up feeling like, you know, you're ready to go and you've got that good night's sleep, the amount that improves your quality of life is just incredible. Yeah, I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways, I think, from our show today is really sleep is where it's at. And that's a lot of the things people are feeling is because of sleep. So let's talk briefly about, I've never heard of this term, nootropics. I certainly know what adaptogens are, Mm -hmm. but tell us about these um, plant-based medicines, things like rodelia, saffron, ginseng, hemp that we talked a bunch about uh, that can control depression and anxiety. What can people take for a natural boost? So nootropics are, so adaptogens help your body adapt to stress. They help keep you balanced. Um, Hemp is a very, very powerful adaptogen. Uh, Nootropics are more focused on your brain and they are the ones that help you with your cognitive ability. They help you with your memory, that kind of thing. So when people, when women are experiencing the daytime sadness, they feel overwhelmed. They have that brain fog. They have like a lot of stress or, you know, panic attacks and that kind of thing. That's really why I pulled together in my lift capsules specifically, which is what you're referring to, our KindLab lift capsules. They have the CBD in them to help reduce the stress, CBG, which it also helps reduce stress, but gives you a little bit of energy. The rhodiola in there is really to help your adrenal glands. That's what's holding on to all the cortisol and all the adrenaline and everything that you get from your stress during the day. You know, you'll see animals when they're under stress or, you know, maybe you go pick up your dog and maybe they don't like the groomer and they'll always shake when they get out of the groomer. Animals, when they have too much cortisol or adrenaline, will shake it off. I mean, that, there's, there's like a real saying with that. Humans, like yay teen human, we store it in our glands where it just does damage. And your adrenal glands are one place where it's like party central. So it's to be- get them back in balance, try to like get rid of some of that extra cortisol. Um... And then, of course, there's the Siberian ginseng, which helps you with your memory focus, gives you a nice little boost of energy as well. Um, and then the saffron, which is the one I use specifically, is actually being studied um, for its ability to boost your mood. Um, and so all those combined is kind of like the you know ultimate product that I really wanted to create for those women who are struggling so much through their day and just don't feel like productive and feel like they're just kind of on that nonstop hamster wheel. Good stuff. So if people want to connect with you and find your products, it's kindlab.com. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's it. All right. Check out. These are specifically for women at midlife and I've tried them and they are awesome. I want to bring Jill back on really quickly. Jill, do you have a question for Angela? Yes. Um, I, you know, I think one thing more than anything, Angela, all of this is such like new information and the, the work you're doing is really forward thinking. How are you educating um, your customers and women at large to just understand these other really natural solution and options for themselves? Yeah. So on our blog I, and on our Instagram and on our Facebook, I'm constantly pushing information out there for women who want like the Reader's Digest version. I've done a lot of the research. And so my idea is to bring women in and just give them direction on where they may go. You know, what are the top three things you can do? Try to give those kind of little breadcrumbs where women can over time, you know, making all those small changes, adding the vitamin D, adding the magnesium glycinate over time, they make a really big difference. 
Awesome. Well, we have to wrap it up. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Jill, so much for joining. Thank you all for listening. It's been great to have you here. I hope you've gotten information that you can use. If you have a comment, please share on my website. That is themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.